Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Everybody, thank you uh, again for being here. Thank you for those of you that are online uh, for tuning in. Uh, this is the good news is if you are new with us or you haven't been here for a couple weeks, uh, we are in the middle of this series called Margins, and it's all online. You can go to hillcountry.life, um, and there are all the sermons there, as well as some questions that you can download, and you can get caught up because this has just been an incredible, um, really practical series. Um, we hope you guys uh, do that and get caught up. But if this is your first time, let me catch you up a little bit, uh, tell you what we've been talking about. So margin is the space between our current pace and our limits. It's the space between our current financial pace or our schedule pace or our emotional state, the, the, the space between where we currently are and our limits, okay? And for too many people, um, there's just not enough space. Right? Where do the days go? Where, where do the hours go? Where do the minutes go? There's just not enough space. And many of us live our lives right on the edge, at the limit financially, at the limit um, in our scheduling, at the limit emotionally, relationally, and consequently, there's just no margin left. And what we've said throughout this whole series is that life is better. It's just better when lived in the margin. And I don't know about you, but I get told enough over and over and over again that you're never as busy as you are when you retire. And so this really is for everybody. It really is. Everybody wants a piece of you, right? When everybody thinks that you have more time when you're retired because supposedly you do, right? So if you're here today and you're like, oh, I don't need to, I have so much time in my schedule, just keep listening. So we're talking about specifically this uh, idea of creating space relationally. Because here's the problem. In our effort to cram uh, more and more and get the most out of life, we squeeze in one thing after another. And eventually, what happens? When we keep shoving stuff in that closet like Pastor Brian talked about a few weeks ago, what happens? It falls apart. It gets too full. It explodes. Now, some of you have had this happen, right? You, you came home from work one day, and uh, there was one more voicemail or text or email of many communications with that one person, and it was the last one, and you found yourself just broken down, right? Or maybe for some of you, at some point in your life, you had a financial meltdown. It's that last envelope in the mail, is that last bit of bad news, and suddenly you're just at the end of yourself. And in an effort to cram one more thing into the, into the schedule, one more thing in emotionally, one more thing in financially, eventually there comes to a point where there's a breakdown. And some of you, if you're honest, some of you are at the ver on the verge of this in your marriage. Some of you are on the verge of this with your kids or maybe your grandkids. Some of you are on the verge of this in the critical relationships in your life. 
Some of you have had this happen in the past in, in relationships, and you've sworn to yourself, no, I'm never going to go back there. I'm never going to get into that place, but you find yourself doing the same things and coming back to those old habits. Because as we said in the beginning, relationships, they thrive. They thrive where there's margin. But relationships suffer or die when we're living at our limits. Isn't that true? Relationships require time over time, right? Meaning that they require time on a continuous basis. There's no efficiency when it comes to relationships. And so today, I'm going to talk about that. And if you've never been to church before, or you're just checking us out today, uh, today's, a, I'm hoping, is going to be very helpful because God has a better way of living, whether you believe in him or not. And so I, I really hope that you put some of these things into practice today and see what God does with them. Now, you all know this, but I don't know that you've ever put it in these words. You will never be happier than your relationships. So many things could be going right in your life, but you will never be happier than the relationships that you have, especially with those who are most precious to you. Isn't that true? And so as I'm prepping this message, a few things stuck out to me, and we're going to talk specifically about this tension that lives between everything else in life and home. And if you work, this tension between work and family or the people or person that's most important to you. Now, as we get into this, I, I, I do need to be completely open and honest with you. Um, about a week and a half ago, I went to Pastor Brian because I was having a, what I hope to be a unique week. Um, and I went to Pastor Brian and said, Brian, I, I don't know that I can preach this message with any sort of integrity. Because I was having... Um, uh, again, a, a unique week. My, my phase in ministry right now, my season of ministry, uh, my days are getting longer. Meetings are piling up. Um, and so I'm coming home later. And at the same time, this is completely self-imposed. We decided that it would be a good idea to, to get a puppy. Some of you know what that's like. So here I am in between meetings, um, and I call home, and it's getting to be late in the day. The kids are already home from school, and what I'm expecting to hear as I check in with my wife is, oh, things are going great. Yeah, the kids are playing with the dog, and um, I'm getting dinner going, and oh, we just can't wait till uh, you get home, and we can have a nice, relaxing evening together. That's not exactly how that conversation went. And so what really happened was this, several days in a row, I'm working a little bit extra, and I call home, and inevitably there's a child crying because the dog is play-biting too rough. And it's, it's a chore just to get the kids to play with the puppy, let alone in a way that teaches him how to play nice. And Stephanie is trying to get her own work done on top of her schoolwork and trying to get dinner ready, and she's at the end of her rope. She's done. And then we have like a weekend coming up filled with having people over and everything else. And so I tell you all this to let you know a couple things. I am in the thick of it. I'm asking myself some of the same questions you may be asking. Like, how am I going to get all of it done? How am I going to see the progress I want to see at work and fulfill my role as a husband and a father at home? How, how are all these things going to, to come together? So you could be praying for me as I navigate through some of these concepts as well. And the second reason I'm telling you this is I get it. I get it. 
The things I'm going to talk about today may be hard to hear. There will be seasons where you're nailing it. And then there will be times where you have to step back and reevaluate and readjust because it's a little bit out of whack. There may have been seasons uh, that you're going to think about that you're going to want to go back and redo. But it, it doesn't work like that, does it? We don't have a redo. And so this, that's why this is so important that we look at this now. Because I know that sometimes, for me and for a lot of you, it's so easy to let things and events and um, all of these other, other things that we want to do, over, it's so easy to let them overwhelm our schedule. And you, you may have been there. We, we love the progress that we see, right? We love the accolades that come at work uh, when we're busting our butts or we're perfecting a golf swing, or we're leading a club, or we're leading a group. And when we get home, there, there just doesn't seem to be much progress, right? There's dishes to do. There's kids to discipline. There's Legos to play, in my case. There's, there's all of these other things. There's puppies, right? And there's not that much um, progress or accolades. And so consciously or unconsciously, a lot of us end up filling up our days and our work days with more and more, and our days become longer and longer. And we're out of the house. We're doing something else somewhere else. And you can fill in the blank on what that is for you. And we end up saying, honey, son, daughter, I know this is my responsibility, but I'm not going to be home. I'm not going to make it to practice. I'm not going to, I'm going to have to miss the recital. I'm, I'm not going to make it to this event or this celebration. I, honey, I know it's date night, but I really need to be over here doing this, getting this thing done. And when we hand our husband or our wife or we hand to our children a responsibility that they were never equipped to carry, it's like handing them a huge rock, okay? A huge stone. It's like, honey, I, I got to go to work and I'm going to be gone a long time, and, and I'm going to be traveling more than normal, and I need you to, to carry this responsibility that I know belongs to me, but I need you to hold this for a while while I do something else somewhere else, okay? And that responsibility could be any number of things. It could be raising the kids while you're gone. It could be taking care of the house. It could just be managing life in, in your absence, and we all know in life there are days or weeks or even short seasons that we have to say to our kids or our spouse, I'm going to be gone at work a little longer. I'm going to have to work a little bit harder for a time. I'm going to miss a weekend or two. I'm going to miss a game or two. There are times where we, we need to say that. And we hand our spouse or our kids this responsibility or this rock that we should be carrying and expecting them to carry it. And what happens when, when we hand them the rock? They accept it every time, right? Because after all, I want to be a good husband while you work. I want to be a good wife while you travel. I want to be a good son. I want to be a good daughter. And so they carry that load. But the problem comes whenever we leave that load with them and we never come back and take it away, right? And time goes by and they begin to slowly wear out under the weight and the tension of that responsibility, and then problems start to arise, and we, we don't really know what they are or where they're coming from. And so here's how you know that you've handed somebody a responsibility, a rock that they were never intended to carry for very long. Here are a few signs. First, you constantly, you're constantly repeating promises to do better. Okay? 
Daddy's going to do better. Mommy's going to do better. Honey, I promise, I promise, I'm going to do better. I know you're right, and you, you know you've done it again, and you know you came home late again, and you know you've overscheduled yourself again, and you know you prioritized somebody else over me again, and you know you did it wrong, but, but you promise, and you promise, and you promise, and nothing changes. Another way you know you've handed this off is you're chronically absent from important events. You miss another ball game. You miss another recital. You miss another birthday or an anniversary. You're traveling over your anniversary, anniversary again. And you're just absent when your presence matters. And the third way is you keep pointing to the future to make up for the past. It's so interesting. It's going to get better next year, next summer, next Christmas, next birthday, next anniversary. I know I missed it this time. I know, I know. But next time, it's going to be better. Next time, you just wait. And so when it's chronic, when it's repeated, you've handed someone a burden that they were never meant to carry. And then eventually, what happens? Their, their willingness to carry this responsibility, this, this rock, comes to an end. Exhaustion takes over, and they drop that rock. They drop that responsibility. And it's so interesting when that happens in a family, because we tend to look at the immediate event, don't we? And we say, all I said was, how was your day today? And she broke into tears and ran out of the room. What was that? What is that about? All I said was, I'm going to be five minutes late. All I did was show up a couple minutes behind schedule. All I said was, all I did was, and, and we don't understand because it was the one last thing that we tried to cram in. It was the one last thing. And when the rock drops, some of you have experienced this. When the rock drops, intimacy evaporates. You tell your husband, look, I, I got a trip to go on. And instead of what you used to see is sadness, what you think you just saw is maybe relief. Like, I'm glad you're going on a trip. It's, it's better when you're not around. Now, if you haven't been there, someday you, you may be there. And I hate to tell you this, but when that rock drops... Sometimes there's irreparable damage. Even though some of the pieces can get put back together, it's a lot like Humpty Dumpty, where they don't go quite back together like they, like they used to be. And then it takes seasons and sometimes years to get the trust back that was lost when you asked somebody to carry a load for far too long. And to a certain extent, I think this is God's thumbprint on you. I think God loves progress. He loves progress in you, and he loves progress in the world. Just look at all he's created. This isn't a bad thing. But when it gets out of control, right, when your desire or your quest for progress, whether it's growing something, building something, making a name for yourself, whatever it might be, all of those things are good things. But when those things become uh, and begin to compete with the most essential things, the most fundamental things, there's a problem. And as difficult as that sounds, I, I really believe that Jesus has a better way of living. And so, and so often, I think, we think we know best. And so we ignore what, what he's given us in his word about how to live. And I'm going to read a couple verses here in a second. And many of you are going to say, oh, I've, I've heard these verses so many times, I, I know that. But it's not in the knowing of these verses that you'll see how incredible Jesus' way really is. It's in the doing. It's saying, God, I don't, I don't really know how this is going to work, but I trust you. 
I trust you. I trust you. And then you do it. Now, again, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here in a big way. And here's what the New Testament says about how you're to treat each other in the context of marriage. But I, I believe this could be applied in any number of relationships. But this is absolutely the key to a great, great marriage, one of the most important relationships there is. Check this out. This is what Paul wrote in Ephesians 5. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. And this is an introduction to something he's going to tell me about uh, being a husband, but it's in the context of submitting to one another. And so this, this is for both of you, both sides of the relationship. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit means I place myself under. Submit means I'm going to put your deal above my deal. Submit says, Stephanie, whatever you want, I'm going to try my very best to make sure you have what you want and what you need. I have never been called as a man to submit myself to my career. I've never been called as a man to submit myself to this drive to make a lot of money or to, to build a big ministry even. But God is telling me, I'm supposed to submit myself to a person. And then he goes right to the heart of the issue. He says, husbands, here's what that looks like to submit to a person and to submit to each other. He says, you love your wife as Christ loved the church. And in case we didn't get exactly what he was talking about there, he said, and you give yourself up as he gave himself up for her, as Christ gave himself up for the church. So husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church. And not as you think she deserves to be loved. You love your wife as Christ loved the church. And what do we have to do? Well, you follow Christ's example and you give yourself up for her. You give up your ambition for her. You, you submit your desire for progress and all of these good things that God's put in your heart to do for the sake of her. Now notice it says, out of reverence for Christ. Now hopefully, you don't have to do this just out of reverence for Christ. Hopefully, it's never, well, I don't really like Stephanie, but I like Jesus a whole lot. So I'm going to do it out of reverence for Jesus. But on the flip side, there, there might be some of you that, you're in a marriage where you just don't have reverence for each other anymore. And you may have to do it out of reverence for Christ for a time. And that's a good thing to do as well because you can regain reverence for each other as you treat each other reverently. Isn't that true? Now, the issue for most of us when it comes to really creating margin and really creating margin relationally and financially and in our schedule and in our relationships is fear. It's fear. And it's not fear of your spouse or the relationship. It's, it's fear of, well, what will happen if I don't show up? What will happen if I don't measure up? I'm, a, I'm afraid of what people might think. I'm afraid of how that's going to come across. I'm afraid that people are going to think I'm lazy or I'm not bought in. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And none of us want to admit that. None of us want to admit that we're scared or, or, or fearful. But what drives the margin right out of our lives sometimes is fear. And so I've been uh, praying kind of a new prayer in my life, and I encourage you to do the same if you're, if you're struggling with this tension. It's this idea of, God, 
who created the world, God who created uh, economy and all of those things, God, do you think that you could possibly take care of things at work? Yeah, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to um, that there will be seasons where I'm working a little bit harder, a little bit longer, but, but God, do you think it's, it's possible that you could take care of things at work while I'm taking care of things at home, while I'm taking care of the relationships that are most precious to me, that are most important to me? And the answer is, of course he can. Of course he can. Now, as I'm preparing, as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded of a principle that I heard a pastor say, uh, years ago, that I really only have a couple unique roles in life. There's only a couple. And in my stage of life, those unique roles are husband to Stephanie and father to my children. And you might be here and you may have a third. You may be a grandparent to grandkids. But there's only a few unique roles in our lives. Anything else I do, somebody else newsflash, will do. Somebody else will be doing this someday. This is not unique to me. Because I won't be around to do it. And so why in the world would I trade what's unique to me for something somebody else can and will do? That's a bad deal. That's a bad trade. So here's what I would say to you. Don't trade. Don't trade what's unique to you for something somebody else will do. It even rhymes so you can remember it. That's a bad, bad deal. And I can promise you, like Brian said last week, at the end of life, you're going to look back on those times and you're going to want to redo those things. You're, you're going to have some of those regrets, um, but it's, it's too late, isn't it? The only way to have those kinds of relationships that we really desire is to create margin because relationships thrive where there's space, where there's space between your current performance and your ultimate limits. Now, here's the thing. What I don't want to do in my life later is look back and wonder what God would have done if I trusted him. I wonder what God would have done if I had not allowed fear to control my, my decision making. I wonder what uh, would have happened if I had taken seriously what, what um, Jesus said in Matthew 6. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. Even Earlier in the chapter, he says, your father knows what you need before you even ask him. I wonder what it would look like to actually live as if God had that much detailed interest in my life. What would it look like not to worry about tomorrow and to do what God wants me to do and as I trust him to do what he's promised? And I don't want you to look back and think that either and wonder that either. I don't want you to miss out on this stage or get to the end of this season of life and look back and wonder, I wonder what God may have done if I trusted him. I wonder what God uh, may have done if I trusted him with my marriage, if I trusted him with my dating life, if I trusted him with my finances or with my schedule or my sexuality or my morality. I wonder what God would have done if I, if I really trusted him. I wonder what God may have done in me and through me if I said no to that opportunity or no to that move or no to that transfer and no to more traveling, I wonder what God would have done. Instead, what I want you to do even today is say, what if I say yes? What if I say yes to what, what God wants me to do in my unique roles that he's given me? I wonder if God would bless that. 
I wonder if God would do something unique. I wonder uh, what God would do through me. I wonder what kind of stories I could tell my children or my grandchildren about what God's doing because I, I decided to trust him. Even in this tension between all of my work or all of my hobbies or all of my other things that I want to do somewhere else. And instead of doing that, I trusted him here with my unique roles. Or maybe I don't even see all the progress or the accolades, but they're my unique roles. I wonder what stories I could tell if I trust God in that. If I had taken seriously the most repeated command in all the Bible, Old and New Testament, to fear not, fear not, fear not. You might be sitting here uh, and you might think, well, it's kind of too late for me. But if you're sitting here, God's not done with you yet. God can and will use you if you let him. And that's the only way to really move forward by faith. That's the only way to create margin. It's the only way to create the space that you need for the relationships that are most important to you, that are most precious to you. And if you haven't figured this out yet, I'm going to say it again, that you will never be happier than your relationships. No matter how much money you have, no, much, no matter how many people know your name, you will never be happier than the relationships that you have, especially with those who are most precious to you. So why? Why in the world would you trade what's unique to you for something somebody else is eventually going to do? So in um, our desire and your desire to, to get the most out of life, don't lose control of life. Let's allow God to teach us to step back, step back from our limits and create the margin that we need. And in that margin, trust him. Trust him to do what he wants to do in us and what, what he wants to do in all the other areas. And let's trust him for the rest of our lives. Let's pray. God, we, we, we thank you. Um, you are such a good God. We thank you for the relationships that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the, the people that you put in to our lives to, that, that we can trust, that we can lean on, that we can um, do life with. And God, as we think about our schedules, as we think about uh, this, this tension between work or hobbies or traveling and those relationships that are most precious, God, give us wisdom. Give us strength to make difficult choices sometimes. Give, give, us, give us the wisdom to see the positive, the benefit of prioritizing relationships over progress sometimes. And God, continue the work that you've done in us already so that we can look back and we could say, God, I trusted you and I saw you work in incredible ways. God, we love you and pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so you guys have some work to do this week. Um, well, maybe less work to do this week. We'll see you next week. Thanks.